The views and opinions expressed on WXOJLP are solely those of the original hosts of their respective programs. These views and opinions do not necessarily represent those of Valley Free Radio Incorporated, its volunteers, or any other hosts, guests, or programs on this station. Good evening, and welcome to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm host Michael Dow. With me tonight are Sue Timberlake. Hey there. And John Roberts. Hey. And, you know, we're talking about uh, politics and stuff. So, um, uh, one sec. Yeah, it's been a big week, so. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, I needed to adjust these headphones so I could actually, like, wear them on my head and not go, ow, the whole show. <laughs> So, um, I'm so good at this. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, live radio. Yes, live radio. <laughs> Brought to you by your friends at Civil Politics. <laughs> Brought to you by your friends at Valley Free Radio. Uh, you know, we're all volunteers, and we do a lot of interesting local programming, and we certainly appreciate all the support we get from our listeners. And if you want to support us, by the way, uh, go to valleyfreeradio.org uh, slash donate and uh, use uh, PayPal to give us money, because... It's what keeps us on the air uh, with our shoestring budget. It's true. Nobody's paid. Yeah. Um, we do pay the rent here, though, and the light bill and well, replace well, equipment sometimes. And <laughs> Well, but, uh, I mean, I actually pay monthly dues to do yep, the show. Yeah, me so. too. So um, the other thing is uh, we love to hear from people, and you can get in touch with us in a few different ways. Uh, our email is uh, civilpoliticsradio at valleyfreeradio.org. On Facebook, we are facebook.com slash civilpoliticsradio. And on Twitter, we are at civilpoliticsfm. We also have a website, which is civilpoliticsradio.com, which has links to previous episodes of the show, uh, you know, our uh, uh, supplemental things we do, uh, supplemental episodes, links to things, and, you know, um, uh, our, our various money laundering schemes as well, if you want to contribute to those. So. <laughs> All perfectly legal underwriting and other things. Oh, yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Matching gifts, you know, all the stuff that <laughs> these nonprofits do. So. Sure. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, we also, during the show, when we talk about things, uh, uh, our producer tries to put links up during the show, uh, yeah. certainly after. And when he does that, uh, he tries to use the uh, hashtag civil references to make it easier for the folks scoring at home. So, yeah, uh, it's been another week, and, you know, stuff has happened, I guess. <laughs> um, How little did we know when we started last year in, you know, January on this new administration that every day would be... I, I suspected. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know what it would, what the actual experience would be like, but I've, I expected shenanigans chaos and stupidity the whole time and i have not been disappointed or i have been disappointed but i haven't been wrong maybe that's the better ah, way to put there it you go. yeah so um yeah I, I so let's start with just the thing that like i noticed you were mentioning is uh the, actually some some restrictions on gun sales actually got signed into law in florida of all places By a republican governor yeah and and i wonder what his agenda is Charlie Crist? <laughs> no. It is that Scott. is his name. No, that was that was a couple of times ago that he's the guy that left no Scott. 
Oh, uh, Rick Scott. You're right. Scott, Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah, uh, that's right. Rick Scott is the was the was the sitting governor who refused to come out uh, and and debate Chris, the former governor, yep. on stage because the former governor had like a little floor fan in his podium, and and Scott spent like ten minutes pouting backstage. I remember that. I can't believe the people of Florida voted for that guy after that kind of childish. A lot of behavior. absentee voting in Florida. <laughs> absentee as in like they don't happen to be there or absentee as in they're not actually paying attention or absentee as in they're not actually there i would say all of those things there's um there's a lot of folks that are live other parts of the country in october november they're not quite headed down there yet so for the winter so but they live there because that's how you get around the estate tax the state it's the state estate tax florida doesn't have one very smart uh, One of the best places to retire to for about forty reasons. The very just like that because the state realized at some point, gee, if we get all these old people with money, this would be really great. Yeah, but they don't get any of that money because they oh, don't they have do the state tax. A mil- million other ways. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Their business. They buy the houses. You know, so on and so forth. Right. Well, when I think of states that are uh, financially sound and well run and have stable economies, Florida, not 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 on the. Oh, they're okay. List. Yeah, no, they do. They do fine. They don't have huge deficits or anything. The 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 a lot of the economy is predicated on the housing market, which absolutely imploded, and uh, tourist you know, industry. Yeah, and and uh, you know, I mean, Miami's going to be gone soon, so that's going to be a problem. Yeah, but whose problem is that? That's the insurance company's problem. It's Florida's problem. <laughs> no, it's not. Isn't it? <laughs> no. Don't it's... the people who live in Florida <laughs> care about whether or not Florida is still there? You know. One thing I learned when I lived in Florida, that nobody cares about anybody else. At least they didn't when I lived there. Now that, I believe. <laughs> yeah. No, it was every person for themselves. A lot of transplants. You know, everybody, right. you know, they were just so. So thing. that sounds like a great place if you're a Republican. Why did you leave? <laughs> <laughs> I was a college student looking for some place to live. So I, I lived there for a year or so. Oh, so you wanted to live someplace actually worth living? No, it was fun. It was interesting. Yeah. Spring break was the trip. Yeah. You know, I had my van, you know, that I had carpeted inside. You know, I thought it was the coolest <laughs> thing ever. And carpeted my inside. Uh-huh. <laughs> and mm-hmm. my 8-track. Yeah. But this is what, this is how non-cool I am. You know, at the time, you wouldn't know this, but, you know, in the late 60s, early no, 70s. No, 8-tracks were, 8-tracks were high-tech. That yeah, sounds cool. But the carpeting was supposed to be shag. Yes. And I could only get indoor-outdoor. So my van was not cool. So, <laughs> wait, so you went to all the, and you didn't get shag carpeting? No, I got squares of, uh, this is all I could afford. I was a poor, you know, I just finished college. I was poor. So I just, you know. Wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's some people that are just never cool, and I'm one of those people. I guess so, because like, like <laughs> I knew that that's not what you're supposed to do. You're right, and like I was not around in the yeah. 1960s, much less an adult. Yeah, I, like, I made a value engineering decision. <laughs> awesome. Oh, this is close enough. You know? <laughs> it was very neat and, and tidy, and and <laughs> and was it? It was what cool though. Yeah, it was, <laughs> thus not close enough. Yeah, yeah, no, it was it was neat and tidy, uh, and it was good for transporting all my furniture back that I bought while I was in Florida because furniture's cheap because there's a turnover there of yeah. estates. Yeah, so I got some beautiful furniture that I packed in my um, indoor outdoor carpeted van and hauled back to Massachusetts. 
Anyway. Hilarious. Yeah. So I um, probably revealed way too much about my personality. <laughs> <laughs> and and your movements. Uh, <laughs> you know, the, they can track you now. They know where, where you were when you were. <laughs> uh, there was no, uh, G- yeah, there was some GPS, but it was only a military GPS then. There was no um, consumer GPS. I, I, oh, I know that. I don't think they'd actually come up with the GPS system in the... Uh, in the 60s. I think it was more like the mid to late 70s. I think there was some tracking going on. Oh, I know right. that. They had like things like inertial guidance systems, but I yeah. don't think the satellite network was, uh, was. I don't think they they built it up it to the point a, where they could do that. It was a twinkle in somebody's eye. So. Yeah. Well, it was definitely something they thought of, but I, I can't remember the details. Uh, uh, it's been 15 years since I was in grad school. I don't remember. Global positioning uh, system. Mm-hmm. Um, 73, 74? 78. Yeah, they couldn't have then. Very Forty years. Good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Not to say they couldn't have planted some kind of radio transmitter on your van and followed you around that way, but there was a lot going on in Florida in the sixties and seventies. A lot of construction, a lot of people fleeing from the law, hiding out, you know, working construction. The weather underground. Uh, and I, you went there, huh? I did go there. Huh. We'll leave it at that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so uh Sue Timberlake, if that really is your name. <laughs> so, um, like clearly it blew over. She came back. <laughs> so, yeah, but I mean, statute of limitations, man. Yeah, that Miami, doesn't apply to every crime. Yeah, Miami Vice, I am not. So, yeah, well, <laughs> fair enough. <coughs> not fair with enough. a indoor outdoor carpeted van. Yeah. Well, oh, you, know. um, you could be Robert Redford from Sneakers. <laughs> It's not on our list, but it's the best I could find. Uh, U.S. News. <laughs> Talking about what? Uh, Florida is number two uh, ranked in growth. Really? According to GDP, growth of young population and Oh, young net people migration. go in there. So I was just 40 years too soon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, again, um, I'm quite Washington dubious. Washington State but... is the number one. Yeah. I'm dubious, but okay. I, uh, like I said, this is the best I could do. It's U.S. News. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, they probably just stole it from some census, U.S. government census, or something blogger or something. <laughs> but anyway, um, as far as that goes, so uh, Governor Scott uh, broke with the NRA because I'm pretty sure they don't want a you know 21. They and didn't over. ban um, assault rifles. He did not do that. Modern sporting rifles, I think, is the term within the industry. Sorry, because <laughs> that sounds so much semi-automatic. Better. Yeah. Yes. You know, murder they, sticks. They didn't. On uh, the second page, I put out what um, somebody's summary of the law. Um, oh. And it's and it's not very good because they missed a bunch of things. Like they missed um, that he banned bump stocks. And there's a whole bunch of mi- mental health features that were added to it. But, you know, they hit the highlights, which was a three-day waiting period, uh, raising the age to 21, arming guardians at schools if the local community wants to. Uh, so if Northampton was in Florida and it said yes, we could arm some of not the teachers but the custodian and the and the coaches. It's weird. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if they wanted to and if they went through training and yeah. Yeah. No. Definitely. I I like the idea of uh, you know some of these athletics coaches. You know, like on steroids. Oh, who well, said that? Just That's the <laughs> idea of like you know like I definitely feel better knowing that like you know Joe Paterno and and what's his name Sandusky. <gasps> Packing heat to protect the students. I mean, that that sounds good, doesn't it? They were packing heat, or at least Sandusky was. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But um, uh, a thing that... <clears throat> Are you I, happy to see me, or is that a 
pistol in your pocket is a famous line. Who was that? Was that Mae West? Bogart? No, actually, <laughs> it probably was Mae West. Yeah. yeah, that's totally her kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but the, uh, the, the thing that uh, I was noticing is, and I, I sent a link to at least one article I found that was uh, of interest, was that um, uh, the reports I'm seeing suggest that uh, gun sales are down across the country. Yeah, over the you past said that. Year. I hadn't seen that. We and know that sales of uh, was of it Remington? Somebody just went out of business. One of the the gun manufacturers, not Smith and Wesson. Not Smith and Wesson. Yeah. I don't not know. Not Ruger, it, but it might have been Remington. Yeah, it was I a, Yeah, I, it was, I haven't heard that. It's a U.S. Uh, company. Old old time. I think. I don't know if it was Remington. Well, you know, Colt, yeah. Remington, Smith and Wesson are the the three names yeah. that sort of come to Smith mind. Smith and Wesson's old, here old in the sp- in Springfield. Yeah. So, so and. And I actually, you know, I, I, I like, not only do I like businesses bringing money into the area, uh, you know, like the idea of making guns is not per se something I'm opposed to. Oh, good to know. Yeah. You know, there, there's a time and a place for guns, but just, you know. Well, the phone's going to start ringing. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I, I just. We don't take phone calls, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> just to discourage them right off the yeah. start. Yeah. Right. <laughs> we do take emails and, and tweets and, and Facebook messages, which I answer. Yes. But no phone calls. Yeah. Don't yeah. do it. Nor do we take rocks through the window, so don't bother. We don't? Nope. Even, like, gold nuggets? Oh. Sure. All right. We'll That's take a that. rock. Yeah, you're right. We'll take that. Throw platinum through the window. We'd yes. probably get fool's gold. Never mind. That <laughs> would make sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess I need more coffee. But the, um, so, one of the, the, the sort of the, the, sort of talking points for for lefties like me is of course that the National Rifle Association really just talks about rights as a as a sort of a smokescreen to cover up that they're basically just a lobbying organization for for gun makers and I'm wondering if we're going to start seeing a real change in how uh we talk about guns and gun laws in this country in part because you know the gun makers are like well you know the 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 tide is turning and now uh, uh, sales of make-your-own-gun kits and 3D printing uh, machines that let you make your own firearms and without parts at home. Without a serial number. Yeah. Right. Well, uh, without a serial number, but also without any kind of restrictions on sales or reporting or any of that stuff. You know, and it doesn't matter, you know, doesn't matter if you're on the FBI's list and you can't buy a gun if you've got a 3D printer and make your own. So, but that also means that suddenly Smith & Wesson and Colt and all these other companies aren't making as much money because people can make their own instead of buying from them. And even, you know, high-end, you know, precision weapons like the something like the AR-15. I mean, it's one thing. It's like, oh, I can make my own blunderbuss. I can make my own musket. Yeah. You know, sure. But, you know, I can make my own tactical military-grade weapon. That's that's a whole different thing. So well, I'm, then, I'm wondering how much of a change it's going to make. compound bows and how deadly those are. Yeah. You know, sort of the the control of those will probably come into focus. So. Compound bows are a lot harder to operate than a gun. Yes, but they are deadly weapons. They're pretty, pretty sure, intense. Sure, yeah. so, so are so are hunting knives. But I mean, there's a reason why the uh, uh, the Marine Corps sends people out with uh, M16s or you know versions of the AR-15 rather than compound bows. You know, um, yeah. I remember one of the from the time of Henry of the Eighth militia people. Well, from the time of Henry the Eighth, actually, there was a law in England that men had to spend a certain amount of their time practicing with a longbow, so to sort of keep up the 
the the supply of of people who could who could pull you know the these big heavy bows and 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 actually use them accurately because that actually took years to master and in so, that ability to pull back a bowstring yeah to develop the arm strength is is related to why we give the act of silent contempt that we do because they would cut off the finger that you use to use to the the the, the index and middle finger of the right hand yeah this one yeah no both of them <laughs> I thought Both just of them. this one. Uh, no, that actually is an insult going back to the Roman era, I believe, uh, the Roman Empire. The uh, What is it? The uh, digitus impudens, I think. It's a Latin. There's a Latin phrase, the impudent digit. So yeah. like, like people have been flipping the bird at each other since the time of Caesar, is my understanding. Yeah. Another thing for our producer to check, I guess. Yeah, and I heard it that was the British, and that that's why they, they do it sideways. Yes. Well, <laughs> and that's, you know, like I've still got my fingers. Yeah. You know, so well I don't, but anyway. <laughs> well, you do, yeah. But I mean, it's a it's a it's a threat. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. On that important topic, so that's a very big change. Um, I think a lot of people are attributing to the the kids at Parkland, which I hope that that's true because they certainly have stood their ground. Yeah. Well, and I think it's I I think it's especially true in Florida. I think uh, they're probably. I think there's probably a lot of people in Florida who are really impressed by those kids and really yeah. upset about the the multiple murders at their school. And I, I think, you know, Rick Scott, I guess, unlike uh, Marco Rubio, I guess, can read the room, as it were, and, yeah. and tack with the wind. Oh, right. That's right. He went through that town, town hall meeting that was embarrassing. Scott didn't, though. No, no, but Marco Rubio did. Mm-hmm. Um, so sort of a big change obviously politicians know how to move with the with the winds of time and so we'll see what it means for other you know other states i mean we banned bump stocks here in massachusetts you know right after the las vegas adventure so we were pretty quick with that and i guess that's maybe what's going to happen individual states making changes that they deem appropriate and that's that that's sort of the federalist mo- model, right? <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. But they um there's a bill that's pending that they haven't um forwarded and it's fix fix the next is it? It's to fix the background checking system. And my party added a clause into it that said that a concealed carry permit will be honored in every state from any state it's almost like marriage right like a full faith and credit yeah and of course that means that there are states where there's no permit required so that basically means suddenly no one would require a permit anywhere in the united states to carry because montana or vermont doesn't or new hampshire doesn't yeah so i I don't know and that's probably killed that bill for the democrats but it definitely has i don't think there's any democrat that's going to vote for that well maybe maybe a few in in places like pennsylvania or west virginia but you know, for, for but that's hung up because there's also a bill in the Senate to fix the background um, check systems to, to correct all the places where things aren't being updated. And well, and the gun, gun show loopholes. The National Rifle Association doesn't want yeah. that, that updated. They want to make it as easy as possible for people to buy and sell guns. Yeah, but they're sitting right there. You know, both of them, both of those bills are sitting, one in the House and one in the Senate. Maybe never the twain shall meet, but there's the votes there. They could do it. And... Was it 60%? We we saw when um, Stefan, a while ago, I think Stefan mentioned a figure that it was 60% of the American population is in favor of um, background checks. You know, uh, I think it's a lot higher than that, actually. 87. 
87%. That is a lot higher, yeah. I wonder if it has to do with which details you mean. But anyway. Oh, sure. The, the way one phrases a question can certainly change how poll results work. But yeah. but in general, when you uh, uh, when you tell people we want to make it harder for folks to get access to guns. Who shouldn't have guns, get guns. Yeah, yeah. The, like the no-fly f- no list. That makes a lot of sense to me that those folks shouldn't have a gun. Well, no. No, no-fly list th- is different. So it's riddled with mistakes. It is riddled with mistakes. It's terrible. That list should not not be used for anything. Yeah. Okay. So maybe people on our terrorist list. How's that? Same problem, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because who makes the list? Oh, yeah. That's right. Because Kennedy was on that list. We talked about that one time. Yeah. And, and he couldn't get off. It kept coming back. <laughs> I'm sure that the people on the terrorist list are, um, are 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 very have have a lot of melanin between them. I'm sure a little higher percentage. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, probably, uh, on the on right. the no fly and the terrorist list. So, yeah. th- and you know that really doesn't help the 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 usual um, description yeah. of a uh, mass shooter. Yeah. So you know, it's usually a white guy in his thirties, right? I think. Yep. Pretty much. Yeah. You know. Good thing we don't have any of those here, right? You don't, in fact. <laughs> Where'd Stefan go? Yeah. Yeah. He's he was Stephon's our represent- in his thirties. <laughs> Stefan's in his twenties. Uh, oh right, right. That's also. I think that's. <laughs> and and I'm nearly fifty. Yeah. So, oh my goodness, time so, flies when you're having fun. I'm not white. <laughs> <laughs> so. So there that. you go. Also, you know, you're 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 only twelve. <laughs> Mentally. Exactly. Speaking of mentally, that's what Rick Scott added to the bill. There's some some mental oh. health stuff, and I don't know what it is. Nobody, nobody. When they list all the features, they talk about the guns, and they don't talk about the mental health changes. So, so like, I gotta say, I'm. We've talked a little yeah. about this in the past. I gotta say, I'm really. You have to be really specific when you talk about well, this stuff. Well, the yeah. thing is, when you talk about mental health, that means a lot of things. Like, <clears throat> excuse me, that means like, you know how one is dealing with the world emotionally, how you're thinking about it, how you're understanding, how you're operating in it, you know? Like, like there's, quote-unquote, mental illness. You know, it's a term people use, and they say, you know, talk about people being crazy or whatever. And there are, there are circumstances. There are people who have, you know, neurological disorders that mean— DSM, uh, what, what are we up to, nine? DSM-5, I think. You know, but I mean, for example, I have a, 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 a couple of dear friends who have, you know, uh, mood disorders like bipolar, you know, like one, like one friend out in California. She has pretty severe uh, bipolar. And, you know, when she's really, really manic, you know, she's had the experience of like, you know, like the traffic lights are sending me secret messages, <laughs> you know, and other times being like just really aggressively violent and breaking stuff. And then other times just being incredibly depressed and wanting to die. So, like... And wanting to die might be a problem. Yeah, exactly, because guns what, make it really easy to kill yourself. But that's why we have pink papers. That's what I don't quite understand, because well, well, you can always pink paper somebody. Uh, yeah. Red to self or other, it's, a, it's, a, it's automatic. Your psychiatrist can do it in a heartbeat. Uh, if they're seeing a psychiatrist on a regular basis. No, no, they, they, they all... The police will take them to the emergency sure, room, and sure. they get all right. All right, but here's, yeah. I mean, here's the thing: it's the person, the, the 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 mental health professional has to look at the the person who's been brought in by, by the police and look at their behavior and decide whether or not they think 
they they qualify. They're suicidal. And some they people, have a plan. It's yeah, you know, but they, they yep. have to. But then they have to bring in evidence, like, oh, this person is suicidal, and here's their note or whatever. No, you know. it's not that. They actually just interview them. They can do it on an interview. Right, and uh, if the person interviews well, then uh, they don't have a problem. Then they can get out of there. And I'm just saying, like, there are plenty of people walking around that I really think, like, you know, is that person mentally stable? One of them, for example, is President Trump. I really honestly wonder, like, he seems confused a lot of the time. I think he has neurological issues that interfere with his ability to understand the world around him and deal with it in, a, in an insane and effective manner. But set that aside for a moment. And I don't, I don't believe that, but we'll leave it at that. All right. Also, we should say that— um, That's just my opinion. That, that, that's, that's an opinion. Wrong. He is not a trained psychologist in any way. Well, even if I were, I've never met the man, so it's not like I can offer, like, a real diagnosis. <laughs> yeah. Just, you know. Yeah, yeah. Covering our butts. <laughs> Covering our butts. I have an advanced degree, but it's in history, so that's, um, <laughs> uh, I'm going to say, totally irrelevant to discussing. So like Dr. Something. Phil. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> right. I'm, uh, I don't have as good a mustache. i got to give Dr. Phil that. He's got me out mustached. You don't have a mustache. Isn't Dr. Laura... I rest my case. (laughs) Q-E-D, sir. And not to be sexist, I think Dr. Laura is the same way. She's... I don't know. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) She might have a better mustache than I. I can't really remember... Can we get a visual on that genre? Yeah, maybe maybe during the break. Her, her doctorate or lack thereof. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. I'll, uh, I'll work on the Photoshop. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, there's a lot of there's a lot of experts around, and what I would say about Donald Trump is that he he reminds me of folks who have interesting spectra, and you have to be really careful to not mistake things that you see as symptoms for actually the underlying cause. So I think he's an interesting person. Yeah, and, and he's sort of irrelevant to what I'm talking about. What I'm just trying to get at And is, he has nuclear bombs, so if people shouldn't have guns like him, then he's got nuclear bombs, though. Yeah, and I don't think he should. Yeah. Which is one of the reasons I voted against him. But uh, anyway, um, my point is that it's one thing to talk about someone who has some kind of uh, significant impairment in how their brain functions, like they have cognitive difficulties or they have a mood disorder, you know, someone who like might, you know, like like someone who, if like my friend I, mentioned, I was mentioning earlier, like when they're in a, a highly manic state, they can be just aggressively violent. And it's not like, you know, some kind of like carefully considered a thing, but they might just start lashing out and breaking stuff. And that's certainly someone could get hurt. And if there were a gun handy in the house, it might get used, you know, I mean, it's not impossible. So that is the kind of concern that, you know, you know, one might say, should this person have a gun? Like that is a question certainly that I think could be asked and say that we should have some kind of professional adjudication or whatever, like <clears throat> that, th- those are fair concerns. But that is only a small part of, I think, the broader question of mental health. It's sort of like saying, I have poor health right now. You have no idea which axes, which function, which, yeah. And when they say mental health, it's like you know what's wrong with people and you don't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you don't. It's an overly broad term. Exactly. And to say like, oh, well, you know, I'm not in good health right now could mean, oh, I have diabetes. It could mean... 
I have cancer. Or I have could a you... sleep disorder. Right. I have, you know, and we, in the physical world, we well, just, we, we're really careful and we have, but you know, in mental health, nobody knows what the axes you know, are. Nobody or, knows what the different categories are. Or it could are. just mean, you know, yeah. I've got a chronic allergy and it, it gives me, you know, like asthma and regularly I like have to like, you know, go and lie down and take a yeah. pill and, and whatever. Like, so there are... So I people th- use the word, indis- well, we talked I, about I, this before, I, indiscriminately. Exactly. And I think there is a big problem in our culture, especially for men, with how they deal with their emotions. And they, I don't think, you know, we're, we're not inc- given uh, a lot of training in how to, healthfully, how to healthily, like, understand our emotions and express our emotions. We're encouraged to suppress them or express them in, you know, specific circumstances and often violently. And that leads to ill health, mental, you know, like an unhealthy emotional state. And that means it's, uh, I think those people are, unsurprisingly, that's why men are most of the violent criminals. So men shouldn't have guns from what you're arguing. I'm arguing that, uh, well, I suppose you could take it all the way there if you want. But I'm certainly arguing that we have a problem with men and their emotional health in our society. And if we really want to make inroads on dealing with the problem of men being violent in our society, especially with guns, then we need to address that. I, 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 I'm agreeing with the people who say that just passing a few laws isn't going to solve the whole problem. Yeah. I think it'll yeah. make it better, but I don't think yeah. it'll solve. It. And I'm I, sorry, John. I could see you I wanted to say I something, more... and I, I cut you off. Oh, I, I, you know, it's just that um, when when people say mental health, there is a mental health problem. Um, one, they're being disingenuous because they're cutting funding for mental health. Two, <laughs> you've done. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. I, no. Wish like, I thought of that every time. And yeah. I wish I knew what was in the law because there, there was no reporting on what those details were that I could find. Oh, you in, know, in I, Florida? Yeah. yeah I, just, it, I just, just found a reference to it on the sideline of one one news site. Well, yeah. I think also John was referring to last year when the Republicans were pushing hard to repeal and replace Obamacare. Yeah. One of the ways they said like, well, one of the ways we can make it cheaper is, you know what? If we don't have to pay for mental health care, then that'll save money. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah that'll just reducing the amount of health care that people can find means they that reduces the the uh the amount of of therapy therapy time that they can find. There right. I have friends that um, they want to go to a therapist, yeah. but they are under such and such a plan that makes it prohibitively expensive. Yeah. Um, and the other thing I was going to say is when they say mental health, it's a dog whistle. Yeah. They they're not is. they're not actually caring about people with mental health. They are they're saying like they uh, I bet they think that it's like a guy with like it like a cartoonish weird guy. That um, they're going to be able to pick out, yeah. That yeah. you're like, oh, pff, that guy's crazy. Someone like, from a bad TV show, where it's like, yeah, you know, like, woo, you know, like yeah. they're like, or like in a in a straitjacket running around with a gun or something like that. That's yeah. probably what they think of, yeah. and that is like, if you say mental health, that is a specific thing that you were saying. Like, if the if someone on TV says, oh, this person has bipolar. That is a specific thing that has a specific definition. So when people say we need to work more in mental health, well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we do. But also, um, you are not, you are not using that word right. You, I don't think you know what that, that word means. Right. And I, you know, and I don't think any of the, the, the recent, mass shooters 
I'm not aware of any of them having a diagnosis of something significant, except for that guy from Aurora, Colorado. And he was seeing a psychiatrist and was saying, you know, at one point actually asked for help. Yeah. But like, for the most part... Well, the, the fellow that was out of the service, uh, who who was that that had been in the service? Timothy McVeigh? Th- that um, he had a domestic violence thing. The one uh, sh- with the church? Yeah, I think so. And he had you had to... Um, he wasn't in the service. Mm. Oh, well, actually, which one, which yeah, church? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was, oh, there was yeah, one sure. fellow who'd been in the service, and he had... They took... They dishonorably discharged oh, him. Oh, in Texas last and it year. Never, yeah, yeah. And the, it never got into the and database. And they didn't actually mention it, yeah. Yeah, but that was adjudicated, and the problem is that it needs to have gone through a court system for yeah. it to to show up. It's not a problem. That's just that is what what right. is right. So. Well, and that's that is yeah. there could be better procedures, and that's all true. Uh, like you like you mentioned how like you know if you really need a restraining order, if you're really concerned, like you know that Mike Dow guy, I'm really worried about whether or not he should yeah. have guns. You know, like if it's He's waiting s- for me every night when I come home, I just can't <laughs> figure it out. Yeah, that that's why they made it so quick. That's only because I'm trapped in your basement. <laughs> and, and your friend. <laughs> Another important... <laughs> you just let me out, I go home. <laughs> um, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, but your friend that was with us uh, who wrote the graphic novel and the red Antal flag... Hummer. Yeah, and the red flag um, <laughs> legislation. I mean, that's what that's basically doing is yeah. it's, it's paralleling the pink paper process, but it's also giving the police a role to take the, the guns right. away. To, to, to get the guns out of the simplify house. Simplify things, but only in a temporary way. Yep. Yeah, I think that's a, you that's still a good get thing. your day in and court. there's and there's a there's a huge difference between saying like you know we're going to put a hold on your owning firearms for I don't know a week or a month versus like I'm sorry, just we can't trust you with guns forever. Yeah. So uh, uh, we've run a, a little over in the first half of our show, so we're going to take a short break right now, play a couple of PSAs, and keep the FCC happy. Uh, but we'll be back with more civil politics here on Valley Free Radio uh, in just a couple of minutes. So don't go away. We'll be right back. The Oblivion Express, old-school, free-form, eclectic radio programming every Thursday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. on Valley Free Radio. Since 1981, the Oblivion Express has been traveling the musical space within the Valley, an eclectic mix of music from the 1940s to today and featuring just about every genre, rock, jazz, blues, world, folk, reggae, and so much more. Join me, DJ Funkadelic Fern, every Thursday morning on the Oblivion Express. Sundays at 10 a.m., WXOJ's radio show, Occupy the Airwaves, has the latest news from the occupation movement, locally, regionally, nationally, and around the planet. Tune in at 103.3 FM or webcasting at www.valleyfreeradio.org. Blogging at occupytheairwaves.wordpress.com. Listeners can call into the show at 413-585-1033. Hey, local musicians. Other radio stations may pay lip service to local music. From 7 to 710, Sunday nights, here are some local music. Not us. Valley Free Radio is a community station, and we want your music on 103.3 FM 24 hours a day. Folk rock, punk, country, hip-hop. If it's from the Pioneer Valley, we want to play it. Send your CDs, records, and tapes to local music at Valley Free Radio, 140 Pine Street, Florence, Massachusetts, 01062. Or email mp3s and downloads to mp3 at valleyfreeradio.org. We're just as sick as the top 40 rotation as you are. Come help us in the fight to make radio the voice of the people. Valley Free Radio, your community, your airwaves, your voice. It's time to ask Mr. Green from the Sierra Club. Lee in North Carolina writes, Hey, Mr. Green, 
supplement my house's heating with a wood stove. I've never been clear about the type of pollution that comes from a reasonably well-constructed and maintained wood burner. Hey, Lee, it's mighty satisfying to stoke up the wood and sit snug by the fire, but there are some major drawbacks to this ancient poetic fuel. The wood stove emits tiny particles, known as microparticulates, that can cause serious lung and circulatory problems. This is why some cities have restricted or even banned wood burning. In 1988, the EPA laid down some serious guidelines to make new wood stoves burn much, much cleaner. Check on the back of your stove for an EPA certification tag. If yours doesn't have one, it's time for an upgrade. Ask Mr. Green and learn a lot more online at sierraclubradio.org. By now, you have heard that using compact fluorescent light bulbs, or CFLs, can save you money on your energy bill. But have you heard that there is a law requiring Massachusetts residents to recycle them? Keep in mind, they can't be recycled curbside, so do your part. Drop off your used CFLs at your local participating retailer. For more information on recycling and where to do it, visit lamprecycle.org Massachusetts. And thank you. Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m., join me, DJ Vinyl Scratch, on the warm heart of Africa. From Cape Town to the Congo, Marrakesh to Mogadishu, and to the New World and beyond, we explore the best in pop music from Africa and the Afro diaspora all across the globe. Once again, that's 7 to 9 p.m. every Wednesday, only on Valley Free Radio. And we're back with Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP, 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm Michael Dow. I'm still with our producer, John Roberts, and uh, Sue Timberlake. Special guest. <laughs> Special guest and, uh, you know, Rep- possible voice of reason and experience. <laughs> Republican in situ. <laughs> or in vitro. I forget. Yeah. Uh, in situ in this case, yes. So... I. I have remarked to you, like, uh, how I think in some ways it's it's a sign of how messed up American politics are right now that I'm not a Republican. It's just a matter of your upbringing. (laughs) My upbringing's Republican. (laughs) You know. Yeah, but you grew up in Massachusetts and Andover. I mean, think of the the culture. Look at at the valley here. Where'd you go to school? I went to Phillips Academy in Andover, Massachusetts. After that? I went to Kenyon College in Ohio. How liberal is that? Kenyon, pretty liberal. There you go. Phillips, on the other hand, well, I mean, here's the thing. Phillips, both Presidents Bush went there. So? Like, it's pretty waspy and, you know, country clubby. Well, yeah, that's how you grew up. But, like, once you left home, you you also, you, were you, were you, like, super progressive when you were, like, 15? Uh, I don't know. See? It's just you're that's the culture that you've assimilated into that you chose. And that is that's a lot of times goes against your upbringing because you're trying to move away from your from your um, I moved to Florida. I get that. Yeah, (laughs) I I guess. Um, Let's just psychoanalyze Mike for the rest of the time. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) let's not (laughs) let's let's not let's not bore our listeners or get off politics too much. But it's just something I was... Job um, growth was really good this week. Uh, <laughs> a sure. lot of economic indicators. Although somebody, now, was, somebody was touting it, and I couldn't believe how they touted it. This is so funny, because this shows you 
you know, what news stations or newspapers I read. The you know, three hundred and thirty one thousand jobs, right? It's just good. Yeah. Woohoo, it's the biggest job growth in since turns out two thousand and sixteen. <laughs> in other words, like <laughs> since last year. Yeah. And it's just a month. Well, you know, the months go up and it's down. It's two thousand eighteen. So <laughs> since in other words Obama. Since, since Obama was in office and it's yeah. like, yeah. And like, they said that I could believe it was like on the business report. Yeah. And I just I was like then they just don't realize what they just said. Yeah, well, the economy's uh, at the moment still uh, going along well, thanks to uh, you know the recovery that the Obama and the Democrats made. And um, for us. another newspaper. I'm, I'm expecting it to start falling apart soon because of uh, the Republican tax cuts. And the Wall Street Journal, which we don't always talk about here, but I think it was the Wall Street. It might have been um, uh, one of the other ones I read. Wall Street Journal's on uh, our list. It's okay. Yeah. Well, um, their, and I read their, it all the time. Their editorial page is is very different from the reporting they do. So, yeah. so not only was there the 2016 in the business report, which was I think on C-SPAN or somewhere, the um, the other thing I saw was uh, Dow Jones, uh, the most expansive economic period for the last nine years. <laughs> So guess uh-huh. who's guess you know I'm giving you guys a few credits here, but I can't believe that the media just you know says that and they never say oh by the way that was somebody else's administration, and they're doing it more and more, which makes me think a little bit that people are a little um, disenfranchised from the Trump administration because I read conservative you mean disenchanted, yes disenchanted yeah. sorry, yeah well plus like our media just seems to have the memory of a goldfish, yeah. Just in general. Yeah, but I love that, you know, ex- expansive economic growth for the last nine years. I mean, it's in print. It's There it is right there, yeah. which is true. You know, we we pulled out of a very bad circumstance. Well, uh, uh, this tax plan that the Republicans rammed through, plus the uh, trade war President Trump seems to be starting, should pretty much completely destroy that. So You think? I do. I, think I do. Nothing, I, I think nothing's going to going to hurt the economy more than a sudden spike in inflation. And inflation comes when prices rise, and nothing's going to make prices rise more than making essential raw materials that are used throughout the U.S. economy more expensive. Ah, but you didn't look at the details. Well, I noticed there were some waivers they are sort of talking about giving to some countries. but Well, waivers, yes, but actually when you look at this, and you know me, I always think that Trump is dumb as a fox. Like, he, he actually is negotiating... What he's just done is he's forced Canada and Mexico to renegotiate NAFTA. I, I, and I, I don't, don't know th- that he's done that. Because that's and explicitly also, what they've said is that Canada and Mexico, who provide most of our steel, Canada does a huge percent, they're, they don't get the tariff as long as they're negotiating in good faith and if they stop negotiating NAFTA. So he's... Yes, but NAFTA also means that uh, the, uh, uh, like, you know... Whole, tariffs go against the whole idea of a free trade zone in the first place yeah but the tariffs that's that's what i'm saying is that he he like killed two birds with one stone yeah um i'm not aluminum and aluminum isn't that how you say it uh if you're british <laughs> you aluminium. say aluminium yeah. <laughs> the wrong way yeah <laughs> the wrong way well we America. did win the war yeah. so we get to say how you say that's it over what here. i'm saying <laughs> get that you out of there <laughs> color come on color <laughs> Incorrect. Gray spelled with an E. That's what are you, you going to do? Wait, I spell that. That's fine. <laughs> Schedule or whatever they say, some silly thing. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what shoe. I don't they wear a red coat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but anyway, so I don't. I don't 
I don't go down the path that a lot of economists are going I, down. I honestly don't know. And a petty on a six-pack of beer is not going to bankrupt us. Uh, yeah. sure. And $30,000 on a Boeing 737. The cost, I, was it $300 million? You, you realize that like those costs will be sort of ramifying all through uh, all the levels of the supply chain. Yeah, and except stuff. for yeah. the steel that we still buy from Canada and the steel we buy from ourselves. All it will do is shift where the where the it just it's a substitution. That's all they're doing is they're forcing a substitution. Now the EU is upset and they're all talking about responding, but I don't I don't think they will. I don't I don't think they will just for this. Yeah, they will. Well, we'll we should put a we will see, put a bet on the air, but we should see, put a bet on this. See, I think they will for a number of reasons, not least of which is you're going back to Taft Hartley because you're you're not a historian. Least of which they 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 don't like. <laughs> Uh, Donald Trump, so you know why? Why make things easier for him? Why let? let why because let we're slide? one of the biggest markets in the world. Yes, and we're making it harder for us, to, harder for them to sell in our market. So just for certain things, for things they care about. And look at the cars that, that are, are built major, in Mexico. Things that are a major part of of international trade. So yeah, yeah. All right, sure, Sue. If you want to believe that Trump's somehow got some kind of actually not stupid plan and this is all going to work I out. I actually believe that he's you killed do that. two birds with one stone and we will we will make a bet. It, we'll record it here. I'm, so. I'm not going to bother betting on this. I just it's okay. it's stupid. Yeah. It's it's going to wind up being a disaster. Yeah, I think I think you're mistaken. And 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 Trump renegotiating NAFTA if 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 Mexico and Canada actually want to sit down with him and renegotiate that that's fine, but I have no illusions that Trump won't get rolled. Man, the man's an idiot. He doesn't understand anything. Trade deals, especially, are baked into the are are baked in their details. And Trump has no interest in details. He has no interest in no. He's a headline kind of guy. But I think I think he moves markets. I think he does. And I think you'll see some markets move. And I I I I, I, no, I agree with you. I think he's I think he's definitely going to be moving U.S. markets. I think he's going to be creating problems. I think he's going to be wrecking the U.S. economy. With cutting taxes, cutting government revenues, increasing the deficit, and you know, <clears throat> by not just a little bit, but by a lot, and you know, there's no reason to like we have good economic growth. So trying to sort of create a tiny bit of economic stimulus with massive giveaways to the rich is basically just taking. Oh, you're talking mo- about tax reform? Yeah, that's you taking money. Topics. Sorry, I was having a little I, trouble. I'm following talking you. about his econ- his whole economic approach. He's taking money out of circulation and stuffing it into the offshore bank accounts of a of a extremely tiny slice of the population that controls a lot of the wealth. Romney's pretty happy right now. Oh, Just I'm kidding. sure. <laughs> and, you know, he's taking steps that are going to uh, uh, destabilize our trading relations with other countries, including allies, and that are, you know, maybe it's not going to be that much, but, you know, if the price of everything goes up by a few cents, well, guess what? You know, a few cents is enough to spike inflation a little bit. But if it enhances our steel and aluminum industry, I don't think it's, I think it's, I think it's arguably, possibly something worth doing. And I I disagree with you. And I think this is where the money people versus the industrialists sort of part ways in that he is uh, defending, some people would say protecting some industries. And we have lost a lot of manufacturing jobs and we have lost a lot of stuff to other countries. And we have done things that allowed other countries that have poor environmental standards to, you know, just 
flood the market with their products. So here, so here's the thing: when you raise the cost of, let's say, steel and aluminum parts, it depends, right? I didn't do so well in economics in in grad school. So, but it depends. So when you raise the parts, raise the cost of, say, the 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 parts for you know, uh, like a Boeing jet plane, um, many parts of which are made overseas because they're cheaper. If you raise the costs of things so that those things are now not cheaper. You're making the externalities. You're making the coal cost of the plane more expensive. Because and, you're putting the and, externalities back where they belong. And, <laughs> and that means that if the whole plane is more expensive, that means it's going to be less appealing as an export to sell to other countries. So, so that's going to wind up hurting the U.S. economy a lot. There's another side to what you're saying there. Yeah. And I think that's what that might be part of what Sue is saying in that the the markets will change to accommodate that in some ways. It substitute. might be exactly they'll, they'll, substitute. they'll substitute stuff or they may or they might move manufacturing um, into the US um, to to lower to lower costs. Over maybe time. Over yes. time, yeah. Um, but right now the the economic stimulus uh, the economic stimulus plan seems to be short-term, focusing on short-term gains instead of long-term planning. Turning which, up the heat, yeah. Yeah, turning up the heat and making, and just putting... Jump-starting, I think. People yeah, use. yeah, when the car was already revving up. Yeah. You know, so that's, uh, that is, that is a major problem, but just from just from the markets just from the way the markets are reacting which is the only thing that this administration focuses on the markets the job reports they're roiling they're yeah. they're going crazy like they're going up and down and up yeah. and down yeah. but they're and still Kong, hitting uh, his economic guy resigned over this yeah mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Because honestly, yeah, it's not a good move because uh, we don't have ambassadors, so we can't smooth it over. <laughs> well, let me make a different <laughs> argument that that uh, Cohn and the folks from Goldman Sachs are what got us into this trouble. Mm -hmm. And they're still arguing, Larry Summers, um, Krugman, they're all still arguing what they argued before, which was, you know, they were they were part of sort of how we got into the crash of 2008. And I think they're just protecting their flanks. So Probably. The, the problem with the way, uh, uh, with, with, with the Trump administration's policies is they're exacerbating and they're doubling down on the essential flaw in the, flaws we're encountering in the U.S. economy. <clears throat> because the idea of capitalism and free markets as being a good idea, the reason why they're supposed to be good for society is because it's supposed to create wealth and spread it around and create opportunities and everybody gets rich. Maybe not everybody gets equally rich, but you know, as wages and productivity go, you know, go up and there's more things available and you have more purchasing power, you know, even as like part of the non-elite, you have a better standard of living. So that's not the case because well, when you wages cheapen, haven't gone up. When you cheapen goods because you let China and other countries that don't follow any environmental policies, it's true that it lowers the price. This is a little complicated what I'm arguing, but let me see if I can get through this. So what you're doing is sort of allowing 
Oh, the that would race be why the to Trump the bottom. Administration wants to gut environmental regulations because they want to compete with China. And I'm make trying it cheaper, to finish right? this argument. Yeah, I want to hear what Sue's saying. Yeah, I'm fine. With that. <laughs> so, so when you allow other countries to do that, so that we're competing as a country with countries that don't have the same standards we do, then you're let you're having us subsidize their externalities. And what Trump did, in my opinion, it's just my opinion, is that he actually gave a shock back to the international community by saying the U.S. is going to protect its own um, standards and regulations, and we're going to protect our jobs here. And in doing that, it actually reverses exactly what you would have argued against that lowered everybody's wages. Is that you, it, we're not, they're not competing on a level playing field. They're dumping stuff because they have too much capacity. We already had... Uh, tariffs set up under the Obama administration specifically to deal with the Chinese d dumping steel and flooding the market and lowering prices. We already had those. Yeah. So How, we, what so were they? What percentage were they? I, I, I don't remember exactly what percentage they were, yeah. but they were designed to trick to, to kick in specifically to deal with, you know, dumping steel at, at cost or below to under, you know, just basically to clear their inventory and flood the market and, and undermine. Yeah. And I forget the other so country, forth. the number two country that's right. doing it. So so, so you're just so, saying so this is too far. You're not saying it's bad to do this because Obama already did it then. I'm saying that taking steps to ensure that other countries don't ha uh, uh, you know, tank the market uh, uh, and, and have government subsidies uh, uh, ruin economic uh, uh, exchange with the rest of the world is probably a good thing. But your point, you're saying like, well, you know, China has these externalities where like they have environmental pollution and they don't pay to clean it up. Kids, yeah, the kids go to labor. Right. All that stuff so, is happening. So, so you approve of the Trump administration repealing all kinds of environmental laws and wanting to weaken. No, nope, I didn't say that. I just well, said why that. why not? This, because that's the logical consequence I'm, of what you're saying. I'm just if saying. If you want us to compete on a level playing field with China, cutting our standards is a way to do that. But when you try to trade deal, you've probably heard this term before, harmonize. Clinton was doing it. Obama did it. They harmonize our standards so the trucks can come across from Mexico and they don't live up to our DOT standards. Yeah. We, we make basically a lessening of our regulations. I'm saying I don't think that's a really good idea. So I'm, I'm, I'm saying I, that Trump isn't consistent, but I'm just arguing <laughs> that, in fact, protecting the steel and aluminum industry isn't a terrible thing, especially because it's going to keep Mexico and Canada at the table to renegotiate NAFTA, which they have not agreed to do until now. And the EU's all over it, too. So, I see. So it's a complicated argument. I say it's not the end of the world. And I, I do think you have to look at the individual things. Because I know Trump is chaotic. He does something today, and tomorrow he reneges. He's going to meet with North Korean's president today. Tomorrow he won't. I, I understand that. But I'm also saying that in the process of this, he actually may end up doing some things that end up being good for the economy. Uh, and uh, you're going to say it was happenstance. I'm going to say, I'm gonna no, say he's dumb as a fox. He the, actually the stop clock is right twice a day. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, it's true. Like the fundamental problem with the economy, the reason why so many people are dissatisfied with the U.S. economy right now is because the wealth is being hoarded by a small, by an extremely tiny part of, of robots. Of little robots that have taken everybody's jobs. Why do I bother? <laughs> Seriously, Sue. Uh, 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 no. There's a very small, rich elite that's holding on to the money. 
and that has accumulated the, the money. wealth the wealth isn't being shared and uh, wages are starting to finally grow wealth is starting to like spread out to the the general mass of the population and wages are starting to rise yeah right so yeah um, uh, you know what uh, uh, tanks that uh, uh, sort of spreading of the wealth rising inflation and I think that's and an quanti- inevitable quantitative easing is going to wreak havoc on our economy and I, cause massive inflation. Quantitative easing is also a problem. Yeah, and it is the underlying problem, I believe, with what's happening right now. If you go to the grocery store, look at the prices and compare them to two or three years ago. They are they are way higher, and energy's been cheap, so you can't argue that it's the cost of fuel or transportation. I think it's quantitative easing, and I think that was... It went on for way too long, and they were just reinflating a bubble. I I, I agree. That and that was Larry Summers. And oh, I agree. Yeah, there are yeah. huge problems with quantitative easing. We're on the same page there. QE2 or QE3 or whatever we How, were on. Four or five, I think. <laughs> but but um, That's like me with a DSM. Give, I thought it was nine. You think it was five? I don't know what it is up g- to. Given but. that we've created this, this these inherent problems with that uh, uh, extending that policy for far too long and in ways that were unwise, um, creating a trade war? That is likely going to spike inflation. A really bad idea. Did Obama's tariffs create a trade war? No, because he didn't sort of slap tariffs on the whole world in a in in a sort of a haphazard fashion. You know, they were actually crafted to address specific narrow issues. You know, yeah. The technocratic approach, where somebody actually is paying attention to the details, because trade agreements are all about the details. And they were too small, I guess. Well, or they were just fine, and uh, Trump decided that he wanted to just shake things up. Yeah. Anyway, so I I don't always agree with what Trump does, but I do think there is a little bit of method in his madness, and I'll leave it at that. I've yet to be convinced of that, but I guess guess if you like what he's doing, uh, that's okay. Anyway, we need to wrap up. So that's all tonight for subculture. Uh, I'm sorry, for civil politics here on Valley Free Radio. Stay tuned for subculture. I'm so distressed, you. I'm sorry. I've got a list I'm reading off. Stay tuned for subculture, followed by Off the Record and OK Asia here on Valley Free Radio. Uh, And join us again next week for more discussion of politics. Uh, But that's all for now. Thank you. Good night. This show is part of the Planetside Productions Network. For more information, please visit www.planetside.pro and thank you for listening.